Welcome to the Life of Jesus, Lesson 18. We are going to be picking up in Chapter 4 and on page 3. Um, we were talking about the serpent, and he is questioning everything uh, that God says. Uh, in here we're seeing the first time that it happens in this realm. Alright? I'm sure this is what he did in his realm, when he was in, um, you know, influencing the angels to join him, and then trying to persuade them. And I'm sure they would have said, yes, but God said, and you know, he would have said, well, are you sure that's what he said? Mm. Hmm? Are you sure that's what he meant? Mm. Maybe, you know, I mean, we're made this way for a reason. Maybe we should be doing something more. And you know, there are things that start happening, and you know, when you start thinking about things, more highly than we ought. Romans warns us in chapter 12. Okay, we get into dangerous territory. Amen? We all have gifts. And you know what? We shine and excel the best in doing the things that God created us to do. Amen? For some people, and I think to me, if you are not fulfilling your potential, then you will feel a lack. But don't try to make it up in the wrong places. Do you hear what I'm saying? When you are, when you are walking in the place that God called you to walk in, and you are doing the things that God called you to do, there is such a sense of completeness and of fullness. Wow. Very few people have really experienced that. And that's the reason why they're always insecure, they're always looking for something else. Do you hear what I'm saying? Okay. And uh, you know what? Fight till you get to that place. Because the enemy will try to stop you from getting there. Because when you're in that place, you display qualities about God. Absolutely. And you show people Amen. that God doesn't make mistakes. Amen? Amen. Anyway, <clears throat> getting back to this. So here's the question. Has God indeed said, you shall not eat of every tree of the garden? Did God really say that? Are you positive that's what you think He said? is really what he did say. Maybe you heard wrong. Or maybe you misunderstood. Alright? Leon Morris says, and he goes a step further and says, that this first suggestion that God could be questioned was accompanied by an inference that God was not quite as good and loving as they had thought. He has not allowed you to eat the fruit of every tree, has he? Why do you suppose he's withholding something from you like that? Those are all the innuendos that come. Hmm? <clears throat> this is one of Satan's greatest weapons, doubt. All right? It is in this way that, uh, as Jesus says in John 10.10, 10, he comes to steal, kill, and destroy everything in your life. It's always with questions. Continuing on, if this was Sunday, I'll be preaching right now. Okay, <laughs> all right, but it is not. All right, <clears throat> continuing on in Genesis three and verses two and three, it says that, and the woman said to the serpent, "We may eat the fruit of the trees of the garden, but of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God has said, you shall not eat. You shall not eat it, nor shall you touch it, lest you die." Okay, now some people say, "Well, see, Eve added." to the Word of God. All right, Let me just read my comments, because I think I've covered all this in that. There's been a lot said about Eve's response 
such as how she added to the word of God, you know, when she said, nor shall you touch it, and how she minimized the provision of the Lord, saying we may eat instead of we may freely eat. But interestingly, nothing is ever said about the fact that she is the only one defending God and His word, while Adam stands right next to her and does nothing. So, you know, as much as you might want to, and people have sort of said, oh, um, and they do this in, in, in a way to say, the woman is inferior, the man is superior. Mm. Do you understand? And that's kind of where it comes from. And we have to be careful about that. Alright, because we're going to see in, in a moment that he, she gave it to him, he was right there. Now people have said, oh no, he was off somewhere naming bugs or something. And so she took it to him and gave it to him and everything. It's not there. It's just not there. That's a fairy tale. Well, I've got it there. We know this to be true from what Genesis 3.6 says. And that is she also gave to her husband with her and he ate it. Or oh, and he ate. Alright? It's just like she was he was right there. Alright. And so here is a woman doing her very best to oppose the serpent. Now to Eve's credit, okay, I think the way she's thinking is if it's bad to eat, touching is probably bad too. You know, it's kinda like what we do. Alright? If it's not good for you in one way, it's probably not good for you in any way. And you know that was good logic, man. I mean, yeah. Don't touch it. Stay away from it. Amen. I mean, don't even mess with the thing. And I, I, to me, I was, I'm, you know, I look at it and think, hey, Eve, you're doing good. Just keep going. But you need to also understand something. And can I just, I haven't dealt with this, so I'll deal with it now. Let's take it as fact that Adam is standing there. All right? Because you need him there for this to work. Eve is contradicting or counteracting what the devil is saying. Alright? The devil is saying, why not? And so on and so forth. She's saying, no. Now, if Adam is standing there and he's not saying anything, alright? If I was Eve, I'll start to doubt myself because he's not saying anything. That's why I said, we need him there. Otherwise, this doesn't work. Because a lot of times you look to your partner. Do you understand? To say, am I, am I on the right track here? Is this right? Is this good? Alright? And usually, usually, they should be going, yeah, like my wife said. It should have been the thing. Do you, you know what I'm trying to say? There, there, was, there was absolutely nothing coming from Adam. Which I think, the re, and you know, Eve is saying, we shouldn't be touching it, we shouldn't be, you know, kind of not, not even looking at it. And looking to Adam, and he's like, nothing. And here is a being, let's look at who is tempting her, that has managed to deceive one third of the angels. Are you all here? We really need to take all of this into account when we're reading this. That's why I said we have to see what happened in order to appreciate what is going on here. So there is this master deceiver. And there is this stupid man standing there saying nothing and the woman is doing everything. I mean, if I was her and I'm dealing with this kind of... And, you know, again, we lose a lot in our English translations. 
We don't know how much was actually going on there, what the questions were, what all the, 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 the cynicism behind it, or the, you know, there's the attitude in this. And we need to understand all of that is going on. Okay, and you know the devil can really make you feel small, insignificant, question yourself and everything you believe. Are you all here? Now, having said that, let's keep going. <clears throat> so here is a woman doing her very best to oppose the serpent, who was said to be the most clever and cunning of all the beasts of the field, while he sows seeds of doubt in her mind and gradually deceives her with Adam standing right there, fully aware of what was going on and just letting it happen. We know this is true because 1 Timothy 2.14 says that Adam was not deceived, but the woman was deceived. Now it was, you know, it used that quote in a negative way in that, but the fact still remains that the, the man was not deceived, but the woman was deceived. Do you, do you hear what I'm saying? All right, now in, in its proper context, it was used to, to, to say that, you know, uh, generally speaking, sometimes women can be deceived a little bit easier than men. Generally speaking. That, please, if you're one of those women that's not, then don't take offense. Okay? But this was just a very general case, and, and it could be with a certain society and the way women were brought up, and so on and so forth. All right, so you have to take a lot of things to account. Like I said, when you read the book of Romans, it was written to the Romans. Yes, we can take stuff for ourselves, but that was for them. That's why it was called Romans. Okay? And when it was written to Ephesians, it was to the Ephesians. And you really need to see what was going on in their lives. Alright? Because some letters will contradict the advice given because of the kind of society that they were in. Okay? Alright, so, getting back to this. <clears throat> That's the reason that the majority of the blame fell on Adam, and why the Apostle Paul clearly states in Romans 5.19, For as by one man's disobedience many were made sinners, so also by one man's obedience many will be made righteous. Now interestingly, Henry M. Morris writes, In fact, it was not by Eve's sin, but by Adam's that sin entered into the world, and death by sin. I thought that was interesting that even he picked that up. Alright? So, we're not saying that Eve was without fault, because she was deceived, and she, you know, okay? But the thing is that, <clears throat> the person that is usually blamed, is the one that knew what was going on. If you're deceived, alright? The very word indicates that you thought what you were doing was right. That's what deception is about. Alright? It reminds me of my cousin. <laughs> We're best of friends. But he had this little brother, right? And so he would get him to do all kinds of things. And one day he tells his little brother to go, you know, he said, go and tell mom this word. It was a very bad word. And so, and, and he looks at me and goes, hey, watch this. <laughs> so his little brother goes and says this word, and whoa! The mother goes, what? And before she hits him, she says, she had the foresight to say, where did you get that, learn that word from? And said, he told me. <laughs> Guess who got spanked? Exactly. <laughs> All right. Hey, man, he was deceived. The other one wasn't. Alright, okay, are you with me? And so we need to understand that the blame will... See, and you need to take this to heart as well. If you were deceived by the enemy into doing something... 
if you are deceived, all right, then be careful how much you blame yourself and be careful how much you allow the enemy to condemn you. That's why Romans 8 one says, now there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, who live by the Spirit. Get it? Not by the flesh. Stay away from that stuff. Okay? Alright. So, so as much as, so interesting, but that's the reason why a lot of the blame ends up back on, on Adam and the man. Okay? Because the man knew what was going on. Again, as we saw before. Like I said, it wasn't that Eve was without sin. Alright? She still did what she knew wasn't right. But boy, the deck was stacked against her. So we need to take that into account as well. Do you understand? And uh, let me just say this. God is a lot more uh, forgiving, so to speak. I mean, He is always forgiving. But you know, it's easier for you to forgive yourself if you got deceived into doing something than if you knew what you were doing and you did it anyway. That's stuff that's hard to forgive. That's a good point made. Somebody is saying here that obviously the reason that He stayed quiet and went ahead and did eat was because he actually did want to. So that, that's huge. That's huge, you know. Alright, and that's a very good point. That's a key point. Okay. So, <clears throat> um, this is a well-known fact and, well ex- uh, and a well-accepted fact, and there was no question about who was to blame, especially since Genesis 3.24 clearly state, so he drove out the man, and he placed cherubim. Uh, at the east of the Garden of Eden, and a flaming sword which turned every way to guard the way of the Tree of Life. That always fascinates me. Yeah. You know, I always thought that the cherubim had the sword. The cherubim didn't have the sword. The sword had the sword. Yeah. Isn't it interesting, isn't it? I just... Mm. Anyway, so returning to verses... Uh, 2 and 3. We note again that the woman is the only one opposing the devil. The woman said to the serpent, God has said. And so it goes in to say in verses 4 and 5, Then the serpent said to the woman, You will not surely die. Now, this is an absolute contradiction. See, this is how the devil starts. First he'll get you to question things, then he will just flat out lie to you. That's why you have to be careful. Don't talk to the devil. Don't carry any conversation with him. Alright? Because he will lie to you. So not only does he come to steal, kill and destroy, he lies. I mean absolutely bald faced lies. Okay? Alright. And he said you will you will not surely die, and in an effort to justify this absolute lie and stop the woman from opposing him yet again, I'm, I'm sure he saw it in her face. Okay, <laughs> he immediately goes, I can just see the woman, man. I mean she wasn't th- she she wouldn't shut up. He says something, he's like, Yeah, but <laughs> okay, and it's like, Yeah, Eve, keep going, but all right. So the devil is gonna sh- try to shut her up and says, For God knows. Now now he's talking on behalf of God. Interesting, isn't it? Hmm? Listen to me. You know what? Let me preach to you for a minute. I, I can't not. Just give me a minute. This is exactly what the devil does to keep you in condemnation. God knew you were going to do that. He's not going to forgive you. How many times have you gone and asked? Huh? I mean, and why should he anyway? Do you hear what I'm saying? And so he starts talking on behalf of God. And you start thinking, yeah, I guess if I were God, I wouldn't forgive me either. Watch out. Don't let him talk for God. 
You just say, shut up, I'm going to go talk to God. And you know the response you'll get? The same response that the prodigal son got. God will just open his arms and just love you. Because that's where your strength comes from. You see, the way God stops you from doing the wrong thing is by loving you. And you get so guilty. I remember seeing this movie, I think it was called Holy Man, or something like that. It's very clever. One of the scenes just really caught my attention. Uh, Eddie Murphy was in it. You know, he was playing this holy man that was going around in the white sheet. And, you know, and somebody jealous of him had paid this woman to say that the kids that she had were from him and he just walked out on her and everything else. And he does something amazing. He goes down to where this is, and all the reporters are there and everything. He go, and everybody's booing and hissing him and everything else. He goes down, he picks up the kids you know, that are there, holds them in his arms, just loves them and smiles. And she's now looking at what all they're doing to him, realizing that she is lying to everyone. And he says absolutely nothing. He doesn't defend himself at all. Just shows love. And it, 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 it's like heaping coals on her head. And she turns around and says, That man told me to say all these, these lies about him. And that, that was, uh, you know what? I just love that. Because that's how God does you. You go to him, he will love you. And the reason you won't want to do it again is because you don't want to hurt him, because he loves you so much. Don't let the devil talk to you on God's behalf. He's horrible. So, verse 5, For God knows that in the day that you eat, your eyes will be opened, and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. Alright, so, as Henry M. Morris writes, Not content merely with altering God's word, Satan now blatantly denied it, calling God a liar. And that's what the devil will always do. That immediately tells us that it is Satan that is a liar. Because God cannot lie. All right? The scripture reference is there in Numbers 23, 19. And why Jesus says about him, that's the devil, in John 8, 44, when he speaks a lie, he speaks from his own resources, for he is a liar and the father of it. Wow. According to Alan P. Ross, not only did the serpent deny the word of God, but he also raised, raised doubts about the integrity of God in order to justify the disobedience. Hmm? That's key in Satan's attacks, to always justify disobedience. We have to be so careful that we're not doing stuff because you know what? We're just fighting against the man. Hey, Maybe there's a rule there for a reason. Hmm? And it's not up to you just to break the rules. Just to be different. Because you're hurting people. And you're hurting yourself at the end. Are you all here? With God's rules anyway. Some of men are a bit wonky, but God you can trust. That's why Ross goes on to say that here is the lie that has allured the human race from the beginning. There is no punishment for disobedience. That's the lie. 
Alright? But the Bible again and again makes it clear that no one can get away with sin. Disobedience brings death. Alright? People always say, oh, they'll never catch me. They'll never know. Nobody saw. <laughs> yeah, you saw. The devil saw. And he'll dog your trail for the rest of your life. Doesn't matter who didn't see. How many times have people finally got something off their chest? And was like, oh, you know, I've been carrying that around. And nobody knew. But you know what? They knew. And the lie was, it doesn't matter, only you know. That's enough. And that's sometimes the worst thing. Now, further to all this, the Full Life Study Bible says, that Satan from the beginning of the human race has tempted humans to believe that they can decide for themselves what is good and what is evil. You catching this? But the truth is only God has the right to determine what is good and what is evil, not man. But not only did Satan raise doubts about God's integrity. You know, I have to stop for a minute. I'm sorry. This is where humanism comes in. This is where evolution came from. This is where it comes from. Because man wants to decide what's good and what's not. Let's not have some, not have some deity out there, all-knowing, all-powerful God, written some obsolete book, telling us how we should live life in this modern age. I mean, we're beyond all of that now. Hey, man, morality has nothing to do with technology. Do you hear what I'm saying? I mean, if something is wrong, it's wrong in the... 18th century, in the 26th century, in the first... It's, if it's wrong, it's wrong. And if it hurts somebody, it'll still hurt somebody. No matter how much technology they have. Are you all with me? Deception, lies, strife, all that stuff. You can't take it away with technology. And that's what the Bible is all about. It's about you. It's about the human condition. Amen? And all the stuff that you have around won't change what's inside of you. Okay. Now let me move on. Could say more, but I think that'll do. All right. <laughs> but not only did Satan raise doubts about God's integrity, but also God's goodness. With William MacDonald saying in his commentary, Satan's misinterpreted God as seeking to withhold from Adam and Eve something that would have been beneficial to them. Did you catch that? Okay. So, and that's, that's how he always works it. Oh, God doesn't want you to have this because he knows if you had this, that will really make you happy. And he's just, you know, out to poop your party. You know, the party pooper. Okay, and so, you know, and that's the reason, well, why should I be this way? Why should I, you know, kind of do what God says? Why can't I just do whatever I want? Where is freedom of whatever? <laughs> Choice, I don't know, whatever they want to call it, <laughs> you know? Isn't it funny how your freedom of choice is all about you? And you don't give a rat's nose about anybody else? I picked the right part of his body, okay? It's all about the big guy, you know? Okay. So, that is usually Satan's next strategy. To make you believe that you can do better on your own 
than the, uh, and that a life independent of God is so much more rewarding than one that is constantly dependent on Him and His so-called plan for your life. That's the lie. Hmm? And I think sometimes we get into that place. We're thinking, oh, maybe I'll be better off if I just don't go to church so much, and maybe I should do this, and maybe I should do that, and you know, let's just get away from all this religion and stuff, and blah, 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 blah. All you're doing is trading one religion with another. Because that is a religion. Except it's run by the devil. Of course, Satan will never let you see the truth of James 1.17. Which promises that every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and comes down from the Father. Okay? In other words, God holds nothing good back from you. Alright? Because that would lead to a voluntary surrender and a resulting blessed and powerful life that would contradict every lie that Satan has perpetrated and show him for what he really is deceptive, manipulative, and the father of liars. Amen? Just like I said, you know, your life speaks volumes. Let people see how God works in your life. Amen? It's not about how, how much you can talk their head off. <laughs> it's about you living your life. You being happy. You being fulfilled. You living that life that people go, wow, I know not everything is perfect in their life, and yet, they're just good. They're happy. You know, they're not dragging on people all the time, or they're not complaining about things all the time. Or That comes from a heart that is filled with God's life. Amen? And you just kind of, you, ex- you just have this life pouring out of you constantly. Jesus said, I've come to give you life, and life more abundantly. Hence, full life. Hey, got another advertisement for the church. Yeah. <laughs> Returning to Genesis 3.5. Uh, notice again that the devil says there, once again, For God knows that in the, in the day you eat it, your eyes will be opened and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. Now what's important here is the fact that having a knowledge of good and evil at this time was not going to benefit Adam and Eve, and why Satan pushed them to go after something that was out of God's time, and therefore out of God's will. Did you catch all of that? Okay. It is what still happens today with most Christians getting whatever they want, whenever they want it, and refusing to listen to God about His timing, and by extension, His will for their life. There is a reason that God has certain times for things to happen in your life. And a reason why some things shouldn't happen at a certain time in your life. And just because society says certain things should happen by this time in your life, or that time in your life, or whatever, who cares? Amen. What you want is a life that works. What you want is not to have to go back six steps every time you take one step forward. Let's just keep going forward. Do you hear what I'm saying? You know, I, I had an issue. I had issues when I was, because um, my younger sister, you know, she never had issues with having a boyfriend or whatever. Okay, I didn't know there was a girl on the planet that existed because I didn't know went out with any of them. Okay, for, you know, for me, I thought I'm going to be single for the rest of my life. That's what I was thinking. No, I was just thinking that. I'm just telling you, you know, because there was a pressure. Not, not put on by my parents or anything. It's just, you know, you think. You know, 
the clock's ticking. Who cares? Let it tick. <laughs> Don't let the clock decide what you're going to do with your life. Amen. And you know, it's a funny thing that I had to come to the place where I basically had to not care about when it was going to happen and whether it was going to happen and if it was going to happen and blah, 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 blah. And just go, you know what, God, whatever you want. And just had to get to that place. Because for me, it was the wrong thing. See, for some people, that's all life is. You know, you get married, you have a family, da, 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 and then you mortgage for the rest of your life. <laughs> and I'm happy. <laughs> yeah, right. Okay. <laughs> okay. You know what I'm trying to say? That's not the way we should be living. That's society, that's what society says should happen. Okay? With God, He has a plan for you. There is a plan. He doesn't wake up and go, Ah, oh, I think I forgot somebody today. <laughs> It never happens. Okay? Never slumbers, no sleeps. You understand? He's got a plan for each and every one of us. We are in a fallen world and things go a bit wonky sometimes. They go out, you know. They don't quite work out the way they should. And sometimes we're, because of the things that are going wrong, we're thinking God has forgotten us. Do you hear what I'm trying to say? Alright? It may be just that the, the, the devil is running interference. And something that you should have had is taking a little bit longer because somebody is being disobedient. Hello. Okay, somebody's making a wrong decision somewhere. And it should have got to you. And that's the reason we need patience. And we need to know that God is not holding anything good from you. It might be taking a little time because it's being prepared for you. And we're having a little trouble over there because they have a will too. <coughs> Amen. And better not to get caught with the wrong thing. Hear me. I tell this to, to, to singles all the time. Better not to be married than to be married to the wrong person. That is actually going backwards. You don't want to go there. Because then you're hoping you're single again. <laughs> uh, coming or going, we've got a problem now. <laughs> okay? Amen? Alright, so. Went there, said that, let's move on. Okay. Again, because people, you know, thinking about, is God holding back? He never does. Alright, I've got about four minutes here. Let me see what I want to do. Let me, see, let me give you a quote. Alan P. Ross explains that with the knowledge of good, there was also the knowledge of evil, which is that potential of putting life in danger or of destroying it altogether. Catch this, okay? With the, notice it was a tree of the knowledge of, okay, the knowledge of good and evil. The knowledge. Alright? So it's the knowledge of not only doing what is good, but the knowledge of what to do that is not good. Notice it's not the knowledge of God. Let me just share this with you for a moment. Okay. This is, one of the greatest problems that we have is good. When you start witnessing to somebody, you know what they'll say? I'm a good person. And now you've got a problem. The knowledge of good. Did you get that? See, that knowledge in itself is not good. This is a bad tree. Okay, <laughs> This tree was... It was going to be a while before we touched that tree. 
Alright? At this point in time, God says, you, t- you eat of it, you'll die. You're not ready for it. Can I just say that? It was another way of God saying, you're just not ready for this tree. Don't touch it. Don't go near it. Just stay away from it. But it's there for a reason. I have theories about it. I'm not going to go into it. They're really good theories, but I'm not going to go into it. Okay? <laughs> no, don't give me the lippy. All right? <laughs> I'm just saying that it's just, that wasn't their time. I think that would have been a time when they had grown in God so much that the power and the wisdom of God was so strong in them that they would be able to handle the next thing. But this wasn't the time. They were still, man, it was a long time to go still. Alright, there was a lot of stuff going on out there. And so, we need to understand that this was a tree that had knowledge of good and knowledge of evil. Not only how I can be good and I don't need God. Did you catch that? But how I can take life as well. Where do you think Cain got the knowledge to kill Abel? Are you getting this now? They had eaten and it was in their DNA. Very sad, isn't it? You are what you eat, you know? Okay, okay. So they ate of of something that now they had that knowledge. And it got passed down generation to generation. That's the reason why we needed a savior. Because that evil got passed down. All right? So, that's why I want you to see these things, because we miss these things. Added to this, John MacArthur says, Now present were wicked and impure thoughts they had never known before. Isn't that interesting? Didn't have wicked or impure thoughts until that point in time. And then suddenly all of this stuff starts coming through. And it is this knowledge, uh, well here we go, that Cain killed his brother Abel with, And what Satan convinced Adam and Eve was going to cause them to be like God. It was a lie. Are you all here? It was a lie. But just like everything that comes from Satan, all it did was bring them misery and suffering. And why Jesus said in John 10.10, The thief does not come except to steal and to kill and to destroy. And we have to stop there. All right, we'll pick this up next time.